What if it did work? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if it did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work? You know what? I gotta admit, what if it did work? I love this song. I love the meaning. Maybe I'm biased, but I love that podcast. One of my favorites. And you know what? I know you're waiting for that episode. So am I. It's one of my favorite episodes. But how about doing something different in your life? How about a free webinar? Hey, I did it. So you know it's good. It's just ask for it. You're going to be like, what's just ask for it? Entrepreneurs, salespeople, everybody in general, you're up at night. You're all bent and twisted. Where's your next sale coming from? Where are the leads? How am I going to get that next referral? Aren't you tired of working in your business and not your business working for you? Aren't you tired of missing out? on all those amazing events, the family functions, the travel soccer games, the graduations, because you're a slave to your business, but not anymore. This will help you compress time so you can live your life. You can live your passions because I know it's not chasing leads and chasing sales. Just ask for it. What will it do? Double your referrals, triple your leads, quadruple your sales. It's all about compressing time. You're going to say, how do I find it? omarmadrano.com backslash webinar backslash. Worst case, omarmadrano.com. You'll find it. Hey, we're like-minded souls. Enough as surviving. Your whole life was meant to be thriving. What if it did work? Alrighty, another day, another episode. I'm super happy to be here with one of, I, I literally just found you or our, we have the same people, but they found you. And I don't think things happen just randomly, but I do think things happen for a reason. And this is a, a topic that I've always wanted to talk about. Sarah Heiner, the president of Bottom Line. I got that right, right? Former president of Bottom Line. I was president for many years. It was a family business and we actually sold it a year ago, but I'm still involved. I'm still blogging for them. I still had breakfast with the founder the other day. So it's kind of an extension. Now I'm focusing on happiness in my life. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Most people do not have an exit strategy. Clearly you did. Well, we can have, we can talk about that too. We could talk about family business. You, you, Pick the topic and I will fill in the blanks. I, I prefer happiness. I do know about family <laughs> business because uh, it, it skipped a generation. My, my mom worked for corporate America and wanted me to work for corporate America. But my literally my grandfather, he came here uh, as an immigrant in 1952. Uh, wow. I, yeah, four kids. Well, one kid was born here. So five kids learned a language, uh, lived the American dream. Uh, opened up his own business one time, but he didn't have an exit strategy and, and 9-11 mm-hmm. stopped his business. Uh, I'm and sorry. Yeah. 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 But 
we can talk about that, but let's talk about happiness. Okay. That that's something that, that we find completely scarce. Uh, it was, it was something I'm, I'm going to be 49, but literally I was always trying to buy it. I was always trying to achieve happiness. I was always trying to look for it with, within other people, within other businesses, within my own business, within my own accomplishments. So what is happiness? What's happiness for you or your definition of happiness? Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, that's, you fell into the trap of this obligation of happiness. There is no single definition of happiness that, and that's, you know, and in the land of social media where everyone thinks that they have to be Facebook happy, right? So that you see, you see the pictures of your best friend on the beach and romantic dinner with their husband. And you're like, wow, my husband's sitting in his underwear on the couch. My life stinks and she's got a perfect life. No, you don't see what's going on outside of that picture. So we have this false pressure to be happy, like whatever that is. Um, I personally, I'm kind of in the contentment land, right? Because, and happiness is not 24 seven. Like people have, again, these false perceptions that happiness is I have to be, you know, ecstatic all the time. I have to, you know, adore my spouse all the time, adore my children all the time. And if not, my life stings and I'm not happy. And that's just not true because that's not what life is. So that I think that it's an, an underlying level of contentment. And I'm going to use the word control. I think control is a really important aspect of happiness. Um, and that's why like, I developed a program called the chemistry of happiness. And control is a really important piece of that. Because if you're, if you're helpless, if you don't have any control, you're hopeless. Um, and so that I think that people have a false sense, they have false expectations for themselves, and then they always get disappointed because you never live up to whatever that fantasy is. Even my wedding. So my, like I used, we, when my husband and I were engaged, we lived around the park, uh, around the corner from this beautiful park. Brides would always come there and I would go and I'd watch, I'd walk the dog intentionally when it was bridal time. So I could watch all the bridal parties and it was fantasy. It was perfect. It was that perfect moment in time. And then it was my own wedding. It was like my best day of my life, but it was reality. So it wasn't fantasy anymore. It was like, okay, where's Uncle Joe? Because I need him for the picture. Where's this? Like, it suddenly changed. Reality is different than the fantasy of what you're seeing in everybody else. And then we get disappointed that it's not that fantasy, but life is reality. So I think it's like this expectations and this reality and these false expectations. Um, and then people get, they get sucked into the, the trap of it. So in the expectations, we clearly watch too much Hallmark. We watch too much rom-coms because I, I, I mean, I, I got married literally uh, 20 years ago right. for three years, but April 20th, 2002. And I, I see what you get at because a lot of times people think happiness and love is boy meets girl, boy loses girl, boy gets girl back small or, or Hallmark. Right small town everybody's hot everybody's attractive in the small town the woman is from like central well, from the small town but she moves to new york mm-hmm. now she's making six hundred seven hundred thousand dollars a year but she's, with her with her cookie store don't forget yes yes but she, you see even even the pooch agrees with me on my that. yes my dogs think that cookies are cookies are exciting sorry hey. welcome to life 
Don't don't worry. I I know right. the feeling. But this, this this is what like you you know she you're right. No, she goes to the she goes back to her small town and gets a job at the cookie place, right. only paying like 30, 35K, but she falls in love because she was with a guy to a good looking guy because nobody's bad looking in the Hallmark in New York City. He's a high level exec too, but shallow, doesn't do it. But she runs into her old flame in this yes. old small town. He's good looking too. You've and- clearly watched a lot of Hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm telling you, I'm a guy that uh, I was a hopeless romantic. But I always felt like like happiness, I, like delusional. I, I remember just starting out in high school, being all upset that my life wasn't like a John Hughes movie. Right. That, that Pretty in Pink was in real high school or, or The Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller. And it wasn't many years afterwards that I, I spoke to people all throughout the country, throughout my college. Hey, was this your high school experience? And, and they looked at me crazy. No, right. all nope. delusions, all these things right. that we create. Right. And all that starts in high school, like all those expectations. Is this, I'm sorry, I've got this, is this dog driving you crazy? No, no, no. Are you I, sure? I, I, okay. I, hey, I dig, I, I had two, uh, well, my daughter's 14 and 16 at one time. Right. They're, they're like that. And like, like always screaming. Right. And it's, it's always like a rite of passage. So it's, it's authentic. And we're talking, we, you know, clearly we, we can hear each other on that one. Okay, so, fine. As long as you can hear me well, because I've got the door closed and the dog is like in hey, the other room. You're, you're in the big city. There's plenty of noises. <laughs> noise, means, noise means there's energy, right. activity, being alive. Right. So, yes, but for me, happiness was always like I had to buy it. I had to get it. Maybe when I one day when I owned a Tesla, maybe if I bought a Porsche, maybe if I did this, maybe if I went to Gucci, maybe... And then it was always like that road to happiness. So, and then you told me something even crazy because I read all the self-help books that say you can just be happy 24 seven too. It's all up to me. So you tell me that's not the case. I do though now. Well, it's a false expectation. You're not going to be happy 24 seven because sometimes the dog's going to bark when you don't want him to bark. You can't control it. You're going to go, oh my God, my day is ruined. I'm on this podcast. This guy invited me on as a gift. How embarrassing this is that I've got a dog barking. My day is ruined. No, my day's not ruined. Like life's happening. I wish the dog wasn't barking and I'm hoping that he'll quiet down. But it doesn't mean that I'm not happy. Right? And it doesn't mean this podcast is going to stink because it's not. It's going to be awesome because you and I connected from the moment that we met. Um, so people feel like that their life is bad because you know, how many times have you spoken to someone and like they had a problem that morning with their kids. And so then suddenly they go, oh, my day was, I had a horrible day because my kid got up late. No, your kid got up late. It doesn't make your day horrible. Well, you're, right? you're, 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 like I said, there's no coincidences. Here's a story. My friend, we, we took a class, a spinning class. Well, her day was ruined because she had issues with her mom. Her mom's a hypochondriac. Right. Well, Somebody walked in late to the class, 15, 20 minutes. To me, it's like, who cares? Because I have that. I'm not going to let stupid stuff ruin the day. Well, that compounded on it. And then she was late to meetings and all, because she said that. And it's like, well, maybe if you just started your day without just being all bent and twisted, without focusing. That's why a lot of people, when somebody cuts you off, you're right. It ruined, they say that ruins their day. 
Do, do the dogs bark me? No, that's reality. That, that's right. not going to ruin my day. That's not going to ruin our podcast. That's not going to ruin our conversation. It, right. It's just life. Yeah, I agree. And people that, so we'll talk later on about the chemistry of happiness and what our, what our bodies do to ourselves. But every time, so every time that you get stressed about someone cutting you off in traffic, every time you get, you know, upset about your mother, the hypochondriac, you, you literally secrete cortisol and stress hormones that suffocate your ability to be happy because there's a biochemistry to your body that nobody pays attention to. People say, go watch Walmart movies to be happy or go listen to music and you'll be happy. But they never connect that our minds and our bodies are connected and our biochemistry. So like people don't realize every time, you, you know, when you get mad and when your friend got mad and then it like gave her a headache, gave her a stomachache, made her try stress out. That's her body reacting to her reactions. And we become victims of that. And we live like we practice like we've we, we're really good at practicing misery. You know, nobody likes good news, right? Everyone always talks about that. Like you turn on the TV and you got to watch Death and Destruction and Children and Trash Bashers. And let alone right now, I mean, everything is bad. So um, we, as humans, for some reason, we're attracted to that. I don't know why we are, but like good news, like people that live in, you're in Florida, like sunny Florida, don't you wish for a rainstorm sometimes, right? California, like we, we like change and we like variety. Um, but people like they don't realize that with every one of those actions and reactions, their body's responding. And yes, they ruin their happiness. Your, your whole, your friend's day got totally thrown off because someone cut her off. Big deal. Your mother's a hypochondriac. Stop expecting your mother not to be a hypochondriac. It's what she's going to do. And like, it's just avalanches though. And yes. when you say cortisol, okay, if I was a woman, well, look at me at, at my age, I'm almost 50. Well, if you're concerned about weight, your weight, weight loss, all that cortisol floods your body because cortisol was meant to, I mean, we haven't evolved. We thought it it, might, my my body, if I, I, if I go into that reaction, if I get all bent and twisted, mm -hmm. my body's going to think a saber tooth tiger's after me or Uh another caveman is after me. So that, that cortisol is actually there to protect me. Because it, it, it thinks of a lot of things. It thinks, well, maybe I'm not, I might not be able to eat because I'm running away from this, t- this saber-toothed tiger for like a week. And it, it, your body shuts down the, the mm-hmm. cortisol. Well, your body shuts down. Like it, it, yes, it, it shuts down all your non-necessary function. And yes, it creates, it creates fluff on your body. So yes, women, if you, if you live in constant fight or flight, you are fluffing yourself up because you're storing all your fuel. Like it's, it's very bad for you. And, and, and what that does also, you can't, you can't secrete the happiness hormones, the hormones that make you feel good when you're so busy secreting hormones that make you feel bad, like that, that control the rest of your body and suffocate the rest of it out. But people don't realize that they just kind of live in their misery of I'm disappointed. And, you know, back to weddings and kids and stuff like, like, People think, you know, the, the honeymoon ends. So there was a Barbara Streisand movie years ago called The Mirror Has Two Faces. Barbara Streisand, and I want to say Jeff Bridges. I might be wrong on who the guy was. She was an English was teacher. Jeff Bridges or, or Nick Nolte? Because I get the two movies. Wasn't Nick Nolte. That was the uh, that was Prince of Tides. Oh, okay, because my mom's a big um, Barbara Streisand fan. Oh, is she? Yeah, we're, we're in a past life, we were all Jews. So we have to, we had to watch we, Neil Diamond, one of our, our favorites. Uh-huh. 
Bryson. So I, I know the movie that you're talking about. Yes. I, I just get them all confused. Yeah. So the mirror has two faces. Was, yes. was this um, theoretically unattractive um, university professor, English professor, and uh, and Jeff Bridges is the very handsome math, but incredibly geeky math professor. And he had this theory that love could could um, could succeed without sex because it, you know that because you have romantic love and then it falls apart. And she was this grand liter- literature teacher. Anyway, she's giving this um, lecture and she talks about Cinderella. You know, you talk about happily ever after and the rom coms before. Well, yes, you know that she's beautiful and they get married and the music comes up and now it's happily ever after. And as she said in the movie, no one ever realized and saw that. She was an obsessive compulsive cleaner and drove her husband crazy every time he brought his money riding boots into the house. Like you don't see the reality of life that happens after that happily ever after. And, you know, people, I think there are far too many women that think that they're, they're marrying pet husbands to mold into their vision of what they want. No, they're having, huh? I I can change them. (laughs) Go for it. And, and, you know, men have their own versions of it. Um, you know, I think people have pet children. They think babies are cute and they don't realize they become 12 year olds, right. Or two year olds, or like every phase has its beauty and its beast. Um, and then they get disappointed and then they go, they run around saying, I'm not happy because I had to fight with my 12 year old today. Your 12 year old is being 12. It's what they do. So stop being disappointed and then figure out how you can shift your perspective on it. Oh, I, I try not to be disappointed at all with, with my 14 and 16 year old daughters. Because <laughs> I, I look at what, at who I was as a teenager. Yeah. And, and to me, it's like, Oh my gosh, it's gravy. A, a lot of times yeah. we, we have these delusions of grandeur and we want to live vicariously through our children. So when people are all bent and twisted because yep. of that, it's because, well, I, I want my kid to go play football for university of Alabama. Like if I had boys. All uh, right. Yeah. It's it's like well genetically speaking I'm only five eight I had zero talent growing up right. in my wife but yet or my ex wife but yet you know but you hear all these people my kids are in travel soccer because because my two daughters are but my 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 kids gonna be the next Megan Rapino or right and it's right like, or Hope Solo right no. or Hope Solo or the next Mia Hamm and it's like well my two daughters I just want them to be the best Lauren and, and Mia Madrano <laughs> and, yeah. and you know I can't say, I want you to go to Columbia when I went to LSU and I went to university of Miami. I, mm-hmm. But it's funny how we, we have that expectation because we want to put on social media. We want to say our child cured cancer, our child cured AIDS, our, our child cured Corona. And it's, so, instead of just having them let, let, let them live. Let them be, um, so the, there's um, all the people from Philadelphia go down the the Jersey shore. And then these towns down in the Jersey shore where it's like literally these people from Philadelphia pick themselves up on weekends in the summer. And they all then go to the same town in the Jersey shore. And I have a friend who my daughter was a field hockey player and the like central of field hockey is in the Philadelphia area. That's like the master blaster field hockey area. And one of her teammates, moms said that another high school friend stopped talking to her when the, the the other daughter didn't get into the school that she wanted, which this one's daughter did get into. Like, how sick is that, right? But I realized you go down to these towns and all these little beach cottages have the college banners hanging on the front porches. 
So you drive to Penn State and it's Brown and it's Alabama and it's Harvard. Like all along, they are all proudly displaying how great their kids are and how great they are as parents. How, you know, how crazy is that? Let your kid be in the, you know, the micro university of dirty jobs. Uh, You know, in the grand scheme of things, and I'll give you two examples. Sometimes my, my ex-wife gets, it gets all heated up like that because, you know, our, our oldest is getting ready to complete her sophomore year. And it's like, well, you know, she needs to get into this university. She needs to get into that. Or, and also my youngest. And it's like, how come they can't, who cares what other people's kids got into school? Or I remember my mom, I, I always tested high, but I was always bored in school. Mm-hmm. So I never had these amb- ambitions of being the valedictorian. I didn't want to be different. I just wanted to be normal. And my mom would always be like, such and such school, a kid went to, is going here or going there. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I've, I've, honestly, I've had some of those top schools and I know a bunch of kids who went to those. I find them pretty boring. Uh, you know what? Nobody's I'm, ever, nobody's ever seen or, or right. asked about my transcripts to both LSU or UM. So, you know, in the grand scheme of things, both corporate America. And when, when I had five businesses, I never asked them where, where are you going to school or where do you plan on going to school? Yep. I, each, I mean, you can become a billionaire and be a high school dropout, or you can have a degree from Harvard and ask people if they want a tall or a grande with that. It, it doesn't, doesn't amplify or doesn't mean anything. There was a, there was a story I think I read this in one of Gladwell's book about a study of future success of attorneys. And they compared attorneys that went to Harvard law and attorneys that went to no name law. And it was people that graduated middle of the class at Harvard versus people that were top of their class at, I'm calling it no name law, whatever, some non top law school. And they measured success by the number of published papers because they had to pick something. Um, And by that measure of success, the no-name lawyers were far more successful than the Harvard lawyers. They had the pride of having succeeded. They had like it was a different versus the in this land of all, you know, A being pushed to places that you may or may not have wanted to be in, and B, the pressure of keeping up with all those Joneses, they stopped learning for the love of learning and publishing for the love of publishing. Like it stopped being happiness and love. And it was some other measures of success or blown self-esteem. These kids have been the top of, they'd been their valedictorians in their classes, or they'd been tutored like heck to get, to get to those schools. And now suddenly they're with other people that are also astonishingly great. And suddenly it's like, Oh my God, I've never been mediocre before. I mean, it's really mind blowing for those kids. And a lot of those kids, drugs, alcohol, suicide, it's really tragic. um, The problems that occur. Well, you're going to laugh at this one. When when I was in, in college as an undergrad and even doing the graduate school thing, because mom told me that that was a key to happiness is to get a master's degree. It's not. But it's just going to say, are you happier because of it? Uh, no, because I had doc- doctors treat me like crap. It, it was even worse getting my master's degree because I've got. Okay, I've got a master's degree in journalism. So think about this. You have guys with doctoral degrees. And communications, 
talking down to people. And it's like, yeah, there was no happiness there. But I remember sitting in class as an undergrad and as a grad student. And I'm like, you know what? If I, the key to happiness is if, if I was at Harvard or at Yale instead, everybody graduates and they have happiness. They have success because that, that's I, I know I'm not the only crazy person. How I, was that Kool-Aid? <laughs> no, I, I, I know now as, as, as an adult that, you know, mm-hmm. they're, I mean, they're they, they get divorced. They get thrown in jail. They, they have suicide. They have depression. It's it's, it's just a piece of mm-hmm. paper. It just meant they did better. And the standard and the standard, you know, the SAT, right. the ACT, they got better grades. But, right. you know, it, it's it's like that old that saying, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that rock star or I can't believe that movie star, or that model killed themselves because they were wealthy. They were they were on the cover of magazines. Why? They, they must have been happy. Well, that's the thing. So back to what's the definition of happiness, right? It's and we have to stop chasing their definition of happiness that if you drive a fancy car you must be happy if you you know serve in food soup kitchens every weekend and do your civil duty then you must be happy if you have 2.4 perfect children then you must be happy no like happiness is what is right for you and people need to understand that what how do they feel like literally Take a moment to check in with yourself and how do you feel? Not how do you feel you should feel. How do you really feel when you get up every day? Are you excited to get up every day? When you go to bed at night, do you say, I had a good day? Or do you go, I had a good day, except this, 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 this went wrong. And then you go, were those really things that would have ruined my day? No. Like net, net, do you have relationships? Do you feel good in your body? Do you have connection to family and friends? Did you? contribute to society today. And that could be holding the door open for somebody. I'm not talking that everybody has to cure cancer. It makes you feel really good to hold the door open for somebody. Like that's all. Give a smile to the cashier at the grocery store. Like, So chivalry isn't that. And you're saying, I don't have to be Mother Teresa, that I can just, small things can create happiness. Because here, you know, I, I thought, Yes, I would have to go, you know, to the soup kitchen lines on in, in the weekend, yeah. and, and and you know, minor miracles and and just, but but so, but, but but then literally on that grand scheme of things, then I am being productive because I always, to me, I just woke up one day and I I do want to be in service. I do want to help people. I do want right. to hold that door open with with no ulterior motive, whether, you know, because I see people, well, excuse me, you didn't say thank you. Just do it. And who cares if they say thank you? Who cares if they acknowledge or they don't acknowledge? Just just to be a a decent human being. You you do. And if you pay attention to how you feel. So a, a fun exercise to do is just smile. If you just smile, it could be a real, it could be a fake Cheshire cat smile at the moment, or just, just, you know, a real smile, like think about something that smiles. And if you smile and you do it right now, we can do an exercise. Everyone that's listening now, take a moment and smile and pay attention for a moment, how your body feels. The minute I smile, I can feel my whole body shift. Like it's an infusion of feel good and all those tight muscles relax. 
it's a crazy thing. Like your body, again, what you think your body responds to immediately. So when you hold that door for somebody and they look at you and they say, thank you, you feel good. Like you, like it is a, an infusion of connection. Um, and we could talk about the business world and, and unhappy people in the business world and sitting at home in their bunny slippers and having no connection to corporate culture. Like so many manifestations of how the disconnection of what's gone on in the last two years is exacerbating the happiness problem. Because there's like everywhere you turn, the, the messages on every headline is we're hopeless. Prices are going up. There's nothing we can do about it. Crime is going up. Let's point fingers and blame, right? The and you just and, going down, right? It's stock market is going down. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, immigration is going up. There's nothing you can do about it. Messaging, you know, whatever side you're on in terms of what's going on in school classes and masks and coronavirus and let me out and have vaccines and no vaccines. Like no matter it was what it is, we're held captive by these negative messages, and no one's saying, "I've got a plan." Like no one's going, you're not hearing prices are going up, but here's how it's going to flatten out. Here's what the timeline is. So there's no hope being given so that we're all just trapped into these messages of defeatism, which is suffocating, right? But hasn't that message always been around? Because it sells. I, I don't well, care. I, I don't care. If, I, I mean, I, I wasn't even a glimmer in the hope in, in my father's or my parents' eyes. But 1962, 61, 19, Camelot with JFK, or, you know, how make America great again, like back then. There, well, there's always been turmoil, though. There's always been, oh, shit, you know, well, that's, the crisis. Should we all get underneath the, our, our tables? Because, you know, we, our, our chair will protect us from a, a nuclear warhead. War <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm oh. just saying that it sells more, that, you know, well, crime is going if, up, everything's going up. Well, if it bleeds, it leads. Yes. So, you know, that's the grand irony that, you know, the news is all about bad news and, and, you know, trash mashers versus babies and trash mashers versus good Samaritan. And there have been people that have tried good news stations and oddly people get bored of good news. Um, but there, don't forget in Camelot was also, we're going to put a man on the moon. And Obama was hope and change. Like he, there was, and Reagan was Mr. Gorbachev take down that wall. Now, mm -hmm. humans are humans. And I think that speaking of Camelot, there are a whole lot of people that have this grand fascination and fantasy to think that humans will stop being humans. That people suddenly, that everyone's going to be kumbaya and there's never going to be any competition and there's never going to be any in, inequality. Like, okay, so you're five foot eight. You will never be the center of the basketball team. You could run around and say, it's not fair. You'll never do it. I'm five foot three. I will never be the center of the basketball team either. I also, I have a very talented musical family. I can't sing to save my life. I will never be a rock star. I have a niece who's phenomenal and a budding rock star. So, but I don't feel bad about that because I have other gifts. So we have this fantasy that everybody's supposed to be this dystopian matchingness. We're not, thank God we're different. Thank that's right. What makes, that, that's what makes things interesting. If, I agree. If, but, if we all look like 
you know, Miss Miss America and Mr. Universe. And we were I all agree. six one, six two. And we, we, we all had the same political views and we were all extroverts. Right. We were all kind and everybody had the same likes and dislikes when it, it would be just boring. I agree. But somebody thinks we should all be the same and that it's not fair that someone is smarter in math or someone smarter in English or somebody's more talented at you know basketball or a better painter. So they want everybody to be the same. And that, that doesn't work because we're not the same. We are humans. We are jealous. We are competitive. We are animals. We need to survive. For good or for bad, humans are animals, which means that we like joy and pleasure. And we also need to survive. And if you look around now, like a lot of the, the, this um, vitriol, the meanness on social media, it's like kill or be killed. So like people are like so ready that somebody's going to kill them. So they're, you know, it's like they go after them first. Cycling back, they're all reinforcing their misery. They're doing nothing with every one of those angry movements, with every one of that frustration. They are suffocating their ability to be happy because they are suppressing their body's ability to create hormones that make them feel good. We have that ability in our bodies, but no, they'd rather swirl practicing misery. Well, they practice misery because, well, I, I tell people this often, life isn't fair. It, and it never will be. I mean, <laughs> tell that to all the equity people. I, I tell this to them, to people, Jared Leto and Enrique Iglesias, both tall, both good looking, both rock stars, both actors, both with whomever mm-hmm. woman they want. One's married, one's not. And they're hitting on like every coolness aspect well hey you know what we would all look like that and we would all live our lives but we can't sorry life isn't fair you have your own unique talents you have your own right. unique abilities now go f- reinforce that and don't worry about i'm horrible at math i, I i'm an arts and science guy i i un- unfortunately that's why i became a journalist because i, I couldn't pass math in high school, I took um, college algebra like eight times. I had a, a, a big W until they finally had a college algebra for arts and science people that I barely passed with the right. But so, so does that mean that I'm a failure because I couldn't be an engineer or you know, no? But no, it doesn't. Except that you understood that that's okay. That's not your strength. But there's there are people with expectations right now that it's not fair. It's not fair that someone else is doing better at algebra than you are. And let's make sure that everybody does the same in algebra because it's not fair rather than going, wow, cool. We need journalists and word people and we need algebra people and they don't have to all do it all. That's okay. But it sets up this feeling of disappointment, this feeling of frustration. Um, yeah. So no, it's, <laughs> it's not like, I think it's okay. I always go, you know, like when you pick a spouse, and I've been married, I'll be 35 years. And I still like the guy and I'd marry him again in a heartbeat. I think he'd marry me again in a heartbeat most days. Um, but he's not like me. We're very different. We complement each other. He has skills that I don't have. He views the world in a way differently than I do. Thank goodness. Because if I wanted a clone of me, I don't need another me. I have me. I want someone that could teach me different things and could fill in my gaps and I fill in his gaps. Well, how can you create a, a team or how can you build an empire if you guys have the same 
pluses, the same weaknesses, right? The same strengths. Well, you need something to complement you, right. counteract the things that right. you're not good at. So that's why I, I never understood. And this is males and females. Well, I want him or her or non-binary, I guess, for into that to be more like me. Well, then how would right. you thrive as a unit if right. you're with somebody that's exactly like you? Right. Well, as I was saying, you have you. You don't need another one of you. You want to have similar values. Oh, yeah, Ideally, you want to have thing. similar philosophies on how to raise children, right? So if someone is like, kids should be seen and not heard, and someone's going, no, I want my kids to always be with me. Like, that's kind of, <laughs> that's going to be an out of sickness. So you want similar values. But beyond that, in terms of same skill set, no. And that there's a really dangerous thing going on right now when these expectations of, of everybody's the same and equal. No, we're not. We're not. And it's okay to have uniqueness. And I think, and I don't know if you've dealt with this at all on your show at all. I mean, I think that there's this grand embarrassment of success going on. People are ashamed to be successful now. Well, we, we shun people. We, we, it's like, um, we want everybody to be mediocre because if you have any level of success, it's like we have scarcity mode that there's only a scarce amount of wealth, like somebody like Howard Schultz or Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. For them to become wealthy, they must have hurt or they must have taken out from this small pile that could have gone to everybody and anybody. And last I checked, Howard Schultz never forced anybody to buy a tall or a grand, grande mochaccino. Right. right. And Elon Musk, yes, my car has been a lemon here and there, but no, but he didn't force me to ever use PayPal. He he never put a gun to my head and said, you, you better buy an S, you better buy an X, you better buy this. Right. And that's why now all of a sudden, so the man wants to buy Twitter, who cares? Well, not only that, Jeff Bezos, who everybody, first of all, he transformed all of our lives. Right. All these people. But also nobody like they go, oh, he's a he's a bazillionaire. Do you know how many ramen noodles that man ate for a lot of years before he became a bazillionaire? Do you know how many hours that he worked and how much sleep he didn't get? Nobody understands that these people that are now are there a whole bunch of people on Wall Street making a whole lot of money? Yes. Some people make more than I do and some people make less. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now that we've agreed to that. Like it's, it's okay. It's okay. And oh, by the way, all those people in those big, fancy, super duper houses, you want to know how much happiness they have in their family? A lot of them are pretty messed up. Back well, to happiness. It, 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 exactly. Right. Jeff Bezos is divorced. The, mm-hmm. And Elon Musk. Number one, two, they flip flop back and forth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Warren Buffett would be thrown in the mix too. Right. If he didn't give out all these billions. Right. Bill Gates is up there. Right. Yes. All these men, if they were perfect, Warren Buffett was only married on paper. It even shows in his biography, his wife, he was with his girlfriend, wife dies, he marries her. So none of these guys on paper, if they're the wealthiest of the wealthy and they, they were hitting on all cylinders, then they should have had buku happiness. Like they should have been in utopia, perfect marriage never having an argument with their spouse. So that, that you, you hit it right there. If, if they, if they couldn't achieve ultimate happiness, because I know 
in any form of divorce. I mean, I have regrets. I, you know, I, I go through that and I, I know Jeff Bezos does and everybody's like, Oh, it's, it's a money thing. No, it, it's not at, at the end of the day. I don't think Jeff, I don't, I don't think Elon his multiple times. And I don't think Warren Buffett and plenty of other CEOs up there were like thinking, yeah, I'll get married and we'll give it the good old college try. But hopefully it can last more than 20 years. Yes, I agree. I agree. Well, then, you know, there's you're watching Johnny Depp right now. John, I mean, Johnny, Johnny Depp. What, what, the, the one thing that I have to say about Johnny Depp was. We crucified the man. We tried to end his career without getting all the facts because clearly he must be a wife beater. Clearly he must be because we love to bring, we will build people up as a society. Right. And then we love to see them fall. We, we love to see uh, uh, like so many other, other celebrities, Lance Armstrong fall after we, we prop him up. And then now right. we feel bad for Johnny Depp because we're like, oh my gosh, we got him fired from Disney. We got him fired from that. Uh, incredible beats movie or whatever. I, I don't, I don't, I don't read Harry Potter or, or any of the spinoffs. And, and yet now, now it comes full circle that he wasn't this crazy, evil wife beater that, that it was just a dysfunctional relationship of two dysfunctional people that, right. that should have never been married that, you know, no commonality. One, one was old enough to be the guy's, kid right and lo and behold things didn't work out she right. said he was an evil guy and we quickly ran and bought her story 100 percent. right so back to humanity right so everybody humans aren't perfect and life isn't perfectly perfect and happy we have our pluses in mind we have our warts we have our good things and our bad things we will never simply be purely good i'd love to say it we never will because we're humans and we're animals. So we have to stop being disappointed by that rather to learn to optimize ourselves and be the best humans that we can. So, you know, back to what can you do to be happy and you can't, you know, cure cancer and change the world and all these big things. I can't affect Ukraine at all. I can't affect the Southern border. I can't affect violence in the cities, but I can hold the door tomorrow. I had this, I wrote a blog about this. Like, you can control your sphere of influence, right? So again, with all this pervasive negative energy running around in misery and complaints, and you know, I was looking at stats and you know, 47% of young people want to change jobs this year, like people unhappy in their work and people like all that sort of stuff. So if all you can do is control your sphere of influence, what can you do in your sphere of influence today? What can you do to smile at the lady at the grocery store? What can you do to be let someone in in traffic? What can you do to help a coworker be their best rather than be frustrated at the person that works for you who's never done a project on time? Well, rather than just killing them, how about understand it? What can you do to help them to understand and help them then let's figure out how to adjust your schedule or do something like what can you do in your world that can bring joy and happiness and a smile to someone's face that makes you feel good, makes them feel good. And then if we all did that in our spheres of influence, couldn't we make a nice quilt of happiness rather than a whole quilt of trolling, evil, negative, you're a 
whatever version of ist someone wants to accuse you to be. So you're meaning like a win-win scenario where both parties wins. That, that's like, boom, that's, that's mind blowing. But it's funny. Uh, you said, you, you said open, opening up the door, you were smiling just for a random stranger. And, you know, we don't have to cure cancer. We don't have to go on a, a spiritual journey right. and try and Kyle Cutter or anything. But I, I had to pull this up because I, I know she had a quote like this. I looked up Mother Teresa's quote and she said, mm-hmm. yes, not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. I must be Mother Teresa reincarnated, um, but it's true. Proud of you. But look what's going on in the world, you know. So the the demons, I'll call it, the bad guys are the the people that have been hugely successful, right? So we're fighting against big pharma. We're fighting against the CDC. We're fighting against all these big powerful people. And who are the heroes now? And I'm really in awe of the, you know. Um, I love the I love the um, charity Tunnel to Towers, right? And that was started after nine eleven. A firefighter mm-hmm. died, and his brother started this Tunnel to Towers, and they collect money, and then they um, um, provide houses and, and support for first responders of all kinds. That guy wasn't curing cancer either until something happened, and then he was he was a nobody who became somebody. Like everybody has in their power when something comes. In, the, the parents in Loudoun County who are fighting for their kids, all these parents all across the country that are fighting for the health and welfare of their kids. None of these people went to Harvard. Maybe they went to Harvard, but you know, again, they didn't wake up and say, I want to start a movement. They simply saw an, a, something that they could make a difference on. And they started small and started with a conversation and it went from there. Again, I don't, I, people put pressure on like, let me go you know, create, go solve cancer. Well, no. How about if you start with that? Your mother was diagnosed with cancer. So Lance Armstrong, I don't know if you've ever heard his book. I believe Lance Armstrong, as much of a crazy man as he is, was put on this earth to let you know that anything is possible. I I love him because my my aunt was dying of um, lymphoma. So not, not about the bike. Uh, He's, he's like, I'm I'm a horrible athlete. Like uh, I've done century rides because I could be right. more like him. I've run marathons. So I, I we're human. I, right. Well, it, you have it, to get, yeah, no, no, have, go ahead. you have to give him credit where credit's due. So the short, short story is this guy had testicles, the size of grapefruits, and he was still riding his bike and he was a decent bike racer, but not a great bike racer. Anyway, it turns out he's got t- t- testicular cancer, but not only that, it's metastasized. The guy has a 1% chance of living. It's in his brain. It's in every organ of his body. The guy is a walking corpse. So he cleans his slate, throws everything and the kitchen sink at it. So he takes every chemo, every drug, every talks to everybody they can, but he also changes his diet, does all the research in terms of cleaning up his diet, cleaning up his health, cleaning his drink, like cleans his entire thing, comes back and is now an entirely different physique as well. Like his body trimmed down. So he became far more of a biker physique than he had been. He'd been stockier before, which is blood doping or not. I'll leave all that aside, but he came back to life in a miraculous way because he, he, he made a choice at that moment in time that became a movement. So live strong until the whole blood doping thing came along. Live strong was changing how many millions of people's lives because this guy didn't get off his bike when he had 
big swollen private parts. And, and he raised $500 million for cancer awareness. I yeah. Mean, I, I, well, and, and, hey, and, and they never could give this, give the awards, any of these, the seven to right. any of the other writers because they were all doping bottom yeah. line. It, right. So at, at none of try to say he right. was the only one when in fact it was at the time 100% everybody. I'm sure they all were. Right. Yeah, so, right. And that's, that's a, right. And I agree, but I'm just talking about in terms of the decision he made that changed his life. He didn't intend to become a movement for health and wellness. The guy was a jerk. He was an arrogant jerk beforehand. He was an arrogant jerk afterward. And and during, and during. And during, We're we're just thought we're all flawed. We're human. Right. I mean, that's that's why I don't understand why everybody's like, well, the the answer, well, he he was, he's a dick. And it's like, and to me, it's always like, okay. And the point is, you know. Well, but not only that, okay, so that's an easy explanation. Then what? Like that, that's a conversation ender, ender. He's a dick, but he changed the lives of millions of people. I know, but everybody just right. likes to end that. Age. Because they're lazy. I, oh, yeah, of course. But, because they but, don't want to make, because it's easier to complain than it is to make a difference. It's easier to say, I can't help it. I'm unhappy. Than it is to get conscious of, oh, how much am I flipping someone off in traffic? And maybe that's harming my ability to be happy. Maybe I'm not really looking my spouse in the eyes this morning and saying, good morning, I love you, or making sure I kiss my spouse before I go to bed. And I'm just kind of ignoring them because it's just like I'm taking them for granted. And it's easier to do that. And they don't realize that if they actually took a moment, looked in their eyes and said, God, I love you. And nobody, and I I say this to my husband all the time, like nobody treats you better than I do. Um, And I love, you know, nobody loves you more. That's a true statement. It is a true statement. Okay. Right. But, but also not, the, the act, like, <laughs> no, I, right, I don't make it up, but the act of doing that releases hormones in your body that make you feel good. And people don't realize that they've totally separated like their emotions from their actions and their brains, which is this whole, my chem, the chemistry of happiness program. I'll shamelessly plug my program for a moment. No, that, we're, we're going to, we're going to plug that it. That helps people. I, like I said, right. I, on, on every aspect, right. every, on every aspect and every level, I was always trying to chase happiness right. as, as an entrepreneur, as, uh, as a coach, as a guy that wrote a book, happiness was like, I felt like I was Don Quixote. All, all I needed right. was Dolce Vito or whatever name was. Right. I was always chasing windmills. To me, windmills, right. and that's why people don't understand. We all have the choice. We all, yes, I can't be Lance Armstrong, but I can be my own hero. I'm writing my own story. I am the center of my own universe, which is my children, my ex-wife, right. people around me. Yes, when people say you act like you're the center of the universe. I would hope everybody would answer, yes, I'm the center of my own universe. I'm the master of my life. I'm the creator of my destiny. If I want to be a hero, if I want to do something, all it starts is with a decision and doing actions instead of saying, well, I hate that guy. I hate, I, I like to finger point. This guy, right. I hate, this guy's bad. He's this a jerk. He's, he's a, a jerk. Idiot. He did exactly. it. He's a jerk. Okay. He did it bad. Okay, he did great. it bad. Okay, well then do something amazing. End the right. story. Right, exactly. You do it better. Congratulations, Mr. Critique from, you know, okay, what have, what have you done lately? 
Exactly. So even when I say, exactly, so, you see great yeah, minds right. think alike because we're, well, at, we're, we're, we're vibing because it's 100% true, but, yeah. but unfortunately most people don't have our mindset. But, but, but we're going to try to try to shift that to them because it feels why, better let's, having let's our eyes. Discuss it, man. When, when it comes to happiness, right. I want to hear about the chemistry of happiness right. because you know instead because I know it's a twenty-one day program and literally it took me forty seconds. I'm, I'm a slow learner, clearly. I, I, it took <laughs> you me, can do it twice. Well, even well, yeah, because it took me. You know, some people, and you're going to laugh when when it comes to happiness. Because, you know, if, if, if that was the case, nobody wants to say yes in 21 days, I can create it because right. it, it's, it's it, can't. it can't be. It can't be. That's yeah. what a negative person will say. It can't right. be. But, but it can be. You have to be open to the possibilities. And, right. and well, I'm open to the possibilities. And I know my my viewers, my listeners are. So here it is. I want to hear about happiness. OK, well, so, yeah, I mean, you know, everyone, it's your shtick, right? So every 21 days. but honestly. So here's the problem. And I've talked about this a little bit. People have dissociated their heads, their minds, their bodies, and their feelings. They're like separate different things. That happened. And I had a crappy day, right? They blame all that. They don't realize that in between is biochemistry and that we have hormones that react to every thought and every behavior. And it's those hormones that drive our moods. Those hormones that make us feel good dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin. Oh, by the way, that's the thing that they try to up the amount of when you take antidepressants. They, they try to up the amount of serotonin in your body and endorphins, those like the runner's high thing. So those are four hormones that make you feel good. And they respond and react to what we do, what we think, what we act and how we treat our body, what we eat, how we sleep, all of that. And then there's cortisol, which we talked about before, which is the great suffocator. Right. So that's like, you know, think about your lawn, right? So you've got these four hormones and there's the little seedlings in your lawn. And then you keep dumping cortisol on and it's like weed killer, <clears throat> suffocate, suffocate, suffocate. Um, so the thing is that there are a zillion people right now. Happiness is very popular right now. It's just Harvard, just Harvard Health published something about happiness and positive psychology. And there's a guy that was a big guy at Google who's, um, I forget what his name is. And he was in charge, like in charge of Google innovations and his 14 year old son tragically died. He like had an appendix, uh, appendectomy that went bad, like really horrible. And he wrote a book about happiness and he typical to his mathematical head, put it all in kind of mathematical terms, like expectations versus reality. And that's the, di the difference as, as close as your reality can be to your expectations. That's your happiness. So he put all in mathematical terms, but what nobody does except me, is connect people to realizing and paying attention to your body and these hormones that react to what you do. So as I said, like if you smile, you can feel a change in your body. If you get mad, imagine, think about what happens. Everybody got you know, mad. You're, you woke your darn kids, spilled the milk again. Your husband, your, your wife did whatever that stupid thing is. They squeezed the toothpaste wrong. They did whatever it is that pisses you off. And you do it. And I don't know about you. When I do that, all of a sudden my stomach goes to knots, my neck tightens, my back tightens, the head, like whatever it is, you get a physical reaction. That's your cortisol. That's your whole body squeezing the crap out of your ability to be happy. So through those 21 days, I help people get aware of at each step of the way 
understanding, getting aware of how many times a day we suffocate ourselves and then help them understand what they can do to replace that, to feel differently, to feel better and to build up the ability to grow happy hormones and to limit. We're not going to do away with stress. We're not going to, you know, we're never going to have it. And again, cortisol is there for a reason. It really is, but we're not going to, we're going to try not to abuse it the way that we abuse it. And I do walk them through 21 days and very simple exercises um, to be able to become aware and become in control. Again, we talked earlier about the importance of control. You're in control of your happiness. It's not them. It's not like, oh, if only I got my Tesla, if only I got the, the promotion, if only I, you know, I got whatever. No, we all kind of go back. It's, that doesn't create the happiness. The happiness comes from your perceptions and your your kind of your definition of happiness for you. So there you have it. A 47 second vomit on the chemistry of happiness. Go. <laughs> that, that's the, the cliff notes. Uh, that is the cliff notes. Yes. So how, how, how do we get involved? Like how do we sign up for this program? So the chemistry of happiness, I'm doing it um, at a website with, with a, group called soak so s o a a k dot com so there's a really other aspect to this that makes this very exciting um again there's all sorts of happiness programs and let me also say that a lot of happiness programs they tell you to meditate and they tell you to listen to music and dance all those things are kind of part of this too but no one connects the dots of why what should you eat to help you know what hormones? What should you do to help what hormones? Nobody connects the whys. And I always say, and I don't know if you did this in business, like if people understand why, I always when I had to train someone, I always made sure they understood why. If you understand the big picture of why, the what falls out. If you don't understand the why, you can't figure out the what. So I help people realize the why of all this. And they go, oh, okay, now that makes sense. Oh, when I eat that donut, oh, it's actually killing my stomach, which then means I can't produce serotonin. Oh, I got that now. And no, taking Zantac to stop the heartburn isn't going to help that. That's not like, that's not the fix for it. Um, Simon Sinek would, would thank you for that. Plug. Pardon? Simon, Simon Sinek? Yeah. The why? <laughs> the yes. Why. Well, his why is a bigger why. Like his is your, like, your, your master purpose <laughs> I, of life. I know, and but I was, we all yes. need to have, even on a smaller level, it, you know, it, it's yes. all about the why. And people- yes. Who, don't People get don't get it. it, but he's on the why. Like that's he's on your mission of why. Yes. I'm on, you know, why do I have to manage inventory this way? Well, here's why we need to do an inventory report, and here's why we have to, you know, here's why we what we need to under. Here's theoretically how to manage the inventory. Why you need to know what's going in and what's going out and what happens in between, and then you go, okay, now I naturally understand. Okay, then I do need to, you know, do those five different columns. Um, so. So that's piece one that um, we, we connect the wise. The other piece, so soak.com um, works with sound frequencies. And there's, I've actually used sound frequencies for a year. And the theory is, again, our bodies are energy and electric. And different, um, your brain, you know, you talk about brain waves and different brain waves at different frequencies help you do different things. So soak has a whole library of sound frequencies that when you listen to those frequencies, it can help calm your mind and focus. It can help energize you because it puts you into a more active state. It can help you go to sleep. I've listened to sound frequencies before I go to bed for years because I fail on pre-bedtime 
behavior of get off the screen. So I'm working, working, working till 11 o'clock and they go, okay, bedtime. And then no wonder I can't fall asleep. So I listen to sound frequencies that shift my brain into a different thing. So SOAP, when it's not just this program, but they also have this library of frequencies so that we do a daily affirmation and then I get, I give them like an assignment and they listen to the frequencies at the same time that help them solidify. So it's this kind of double whammy of information little bit of, you know, assignment for what you're monitoring today. And then the frequencies to help their brains to um, be in a more effective and their bodies to be in a more more effective place for it. Um, So it's at soak.com, S-O-A-A-K.com. And they have a whole number of 21 day programs, finds the chemistry of happiness. And because you're so wonderful, we've got a a 50% off coupon discount code that people can use, they get 50% off of their first month of the program, which they do it in 21 days. They only need it. Um, and that is uh, SH50. If you use the code SH50 at soak, S-O-A-A-K.com, go to the chemistry of happiness, then you will get 50% off and you'll get happier. And you know what? Happiness to me, it's a journey. You, it, it, you can't, it has to be, you have to do work. You have to work on yourself every day. You have to choose happiness. I, I chose not to let the effects of my friend's day boil over to my day. And I, I chose, we chose to create an amazing episode. Happiness, yes, 21 days, but it would be crazy not to continue. It, it, it's like saying, right. I lost all this weight. Now I can go eat pizza. Again, or I, lost, or I lost all this weight. Right. Right. I graduated. A, a lot of times, there's no finish line to happiness. There's no. I, I no. mean, I, I would hope people would be like, okay, well, I, I've completed it. Let me sign up. Let me continue because happiness to me is it's like time. Both are priceless. This is a lifestyle shift. So people have asked me over the years about diets. What's the best diet? All diets work and all diets don't work, right? It's whatever works for you. But for me, the most effective thing, it's not about only eat cabbage for a month or only eat grapefruit or whatever the diet du jour is, because that's not really sustainable. But if you understand the healthful things to make, that make you feel better and the, oh, by the way, that donut might taste good while it's going down, but five minutes later, I promise you it's not doing such good things. If you understand the concept of it and the the lifestyle shift of a healthier, happier life, then it's easy. So what I'm trying to do is help people create a lifestyle shift to shift their head and to better understanding and to shift their behavior, which reinforces their thought process to be able to then have a happier, like just live a happier life, a more contented life. And again, sometimes that's cartwheels. And sometimes that's just quietly happy. Well, there's no one size fits all. I, mm-hmm. I get people asking me, what's, what's the best workout routine? Why do you do it? I, I do what I do because I like doing it. If somebody mm-hmm. says they, they love inline roller skating, whatever makes right. you happy, right. whatever wakes you up inside and go, I can't wait to do that activity. I mean, I, I do spinning and I, I do CrossFit 
but that's that's my own. I'm I'm not here to poo-poo anybody saying, well, if you don't do that, then you're not doing it the right way. There's many, it, it's there's many roads. All, all roads lead to Rome. All roads can lead to happiness. All roads can lead to fulfillment. But that's your own journey. And that's your own, you know, that, that a lot of people right. want you to say, like, yes, with, with that with diet. Well, stick with one that that's sustainable to you. Right. And, you know, be mindful. And it, it's there's no finish line, especially the older we get. Uh, do I do I want to go? Because I, I I lost all the weight, I gained it back, I lost it. Now I'm mindful. I don't want to do it for the twentieth time. But there's no hey, I, I I lost all this weight. Let me go go to an all you can eat sushi buffet, or let me let me go to Vegas and, and eat at Caesar's Palace, you know, for three, four, five days to celebrate my weight loss. Because then you'll quickly find it's the same thing with happiness. You can't. I, I'm happy now. So let let me change my routines. Let me change the things that make me mindful mm-hmm. on happiness. Right. And you know what? Some days you're going to yell at the cat. Okay. You yelled at the cat today. Move along. Tomorrow you won't. Hey, we're human. We're flawed. Exactly. Right. We're, right. We're, we're, we're prone to make right. mistakes. I, I make big mistakes. And I know tomorrow, if God gives me, or the universe gives right. me another day tomorrow and then the next day. Oh, there's plenty of mistakes. There's plenty of me screaming. There's plenty of me taking steps back. But we said it best. We're human. Right. But you just realize, and and part of, again, being aware of how you felt after you yelled at that cat. And you go, wow, that didn't feel so good. I joke with my girls. So I have two daughters as well, though mine are older than yours. So they're really delightful when they get to their 20s. But they gave me a lot. I know your, your daughter's probably the two. They gave me a lot of feedback. They were very certain to let me know anytime something was not quite perfect. And I would look at them and I'd go, isn't that so great? I'm so human. Like, it's okay. No, yeah, I'm going to be goofy. I'm going to wear, have a bad outfit one day. I'm going to burn the dinner one day. I'm going to, whatever it is. Yeah, I'm well, human. They don't, they don't see us too as coach or they don't want to be coached by us. They see us as mom. They see us as dad. Oh, sorry. Bless you. Well, I thank yeah. you. I'll take all the blessings. So what's the best way to get a hold of you on social media, on any aspect? So I am Twitter. I'm Sarah Heiner on Twitter. I'm Sarah Heiner 705 on Instagram. Um, I'm Sarah Heiner on Facebook. I am, let's see, I'm on medium.com. I have a blog on medium.com. Sarah Heiner. I'm not very creative. Um, <laughs> I just kind of use the name. I, I see a theme going here. Yeah, exactly. Um, and again, at, at soak.com, uh, for the, for the uh, chemistry of happiness okay. and the SH 50 code. Um, yeah, I, I, I will, I, I don't just talk the talk. I'll definitely do it because I, I always believe the best investment that anybody can make is within themselves. And I, yeah. I, I realize I don't I don't have to go on that Don Quixote journey for for happiness. There's no windmills. I don't I don't, I don't need to move back to well, I never I never lived in a small town, so I guess mm-hmm. I can find my my love through a Hallmark movie. I love Hallmark movies. Honest to God. I've I've watched them regularly. Yeah, because I'm, there's, I'm there's there's no yelling. 
there's no yelling and there's no blood and gore. I can handle that every so often. And then like, Oh yeah. Yeah. No Hallmark has 0.0. Love my Hallmark movies. I actually, I, someone gave me a t-shirt that was like my official Hallmark watching movie t-shirt and that's okay too. There's a place for all of it. There's a place for everything, everything in moderation. And as long as you're mindful and you realize that a relationship, a marriage is not based on a Hallmark. And like what you said, what boy, boy finally gets girl back. Uh, They live happily ever after. And the credits. Well, there in your life, there's no end the credits. There's no, there's, you know, right. there's, there's well. something after the wedding and there's many days, weeks, months, years, and decades to go right past the roll mm-hmm. credits. Yeah. Well, I always say my, my one moment of marital advice, and then I will let you go. Um, that, cause I can talk forever. No, um, me too. That I, I always make sure that my husband knows that I love him and I thank him. I thank him for whatever he does because we all just want to be noticed and acknowledged. That's very actually, simple. That's, that's very simple. And that's very beautiful. And, mm-hmm. and I mean that, yeah. you know, my, my second marriage, I'll, whenever that happens, I'll, I'll make sure to use that advice. <laughs> just, it's so simple. You'd like, no, it is. It I love is. you. And thank you. Like, just, I, I don't, oh, I don't have a time it. machine, so I, I, I can't, I can't fix, right. the, fix the past, but at least I can be mindful of the present and the future. Sarah Heider's marital advice. Anytime you want to do that topic, I'll do that too. For sure. We'll, 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 we'll talk to, to Steve. You see, there, there's, a new, there's a new book, there's a new podcast, there's a new everything. Exactly. Right. I, thank you. Thank Omar, you for thank the you. opportunity. Love you. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye. I never told no one that. Oh my gosh. I am so proud of you. You accomplished something. You know, most people buy books and they don't read the whole book, not even on Audible. They'll maybe read, they'll dabble a chapter or two, but they won't go to the distance. And you know what? Congratulations. The same thing with podcasts. 2.8 million podcasts. You selected this one. We're like-minded people and you reached the end. You know what? Did you sign up for that webinar? You know which one I'm talking about. Omar Medrano, O-M-A-R-M-E-D-R-A-N-O dot com backslash webinar backslash. It's just ask for it. It's a whole new way of approaching sales. Been there, done that. Enough of the bullpens. Enough of calling two, 300 calls. Enough of stressing. Enough of being all bent and twisted, chasing people, chasing leads, up at night, wondering where and when am I going to get the next sale? Because you know what? Tomorrow, just like in life, you start out at zero. This just asks for it. It'll double your referrals, triple your leads, quadruple your sales. And you know what? The best part about this webinar is it's free. Omar, O-M-A-R, Medrano.com backslash webinar backslash. You know what? If you can't spell my name, just go omarmedrano.com. You'll find me. We found each other. You were meant for so much more. Thank you. Have an outstanding rest of your week. I never told no one that my whole life I've been holding back. Every time I load my gun up so I can shoot for the stars. I hear a voice like, who do you think you are? Negative thoughts come to mind when I start thinking bold. Like, why you chasing dreams? Aren't you getting kind of old? Woo. 
I knew I needed help. I had no self-confidence, didn't believe in myself. I tried not to feel or listen to my intuition to start a business. But before I even started, I feel like it's finished. You got a vision. And let me say, I don't care if they're your blood, got the same DNA. They can't feel how you feel, they can't see what you see. Wanna change your life, you gotta change the way you think. The thoughts in your mind is the boss of your life. Nothing but good vibes, every day I'm thinking like, what if it did work? What if you took action and made it happen and started living inside of your purpose? What if it did work? Right now you can make the choice to never listen to that negative voice no more. The hardest prison to us. Escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work.